0: chapter v of Anne of geierstein by sir walter scott this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by dion gines Salt Lake city utah affairs that walk as they say spirits do at midnight have in them a wilder nature than the business that seeks dispatch by day henry the eighth act v the approach of the steward was now boldly expected by the little party arthur flattered at once and elevated by the firmness which anne had shown when this person's arrival was announced hastily considered the part which he was to act in the approaching scene and prudently determined to avoid all active and personal interference till he should observe from the demeanour of anne that such was likely to be useful or agreeable to her he resumed his place therefore at a distant part of the board on which their meal had been lately spread and remained there determined to act in the manner anne's behaviour should suggest as most prudent and fitting veiling at the same time the most acute internal anxiety by an appearance of that deferential composure which one of inferior rank adopts when admitted to the presence of a superior anne on her part seemed to prepare herself for an interview of interest an air of conscious dignity succeeded the extreme agitation which she had so lately displayed and busying herself with some articles of female work she also seemed to expect with tranquillity the visit to which her attendant was disposed to attach so much alarm a step was heard upon the stair hurried and unequal as that of some one in confusion as well as haste the door flew open and ital schreckenwald entered this person with whom the details given to the elder philipson by the landamman biedermann have made the reader in some degree acquainted was a tall well-made soldierly looking man his dress like that of persons of rank at the period in germany was more varied in color more cut and ornamented slashed and jagged than the habit worn in france and england the never-failing hawk's feather decked his cap secured with a medal of gold which served as a clasp his doublet was of buff for defence but lay down as it was called in the tailor's craft with rich lace on each seam and displaying on the breast a golden chain the emblem of his rank in the baron's household he entered with rather a hasty step and busy and offended look and said somewhat rudely why how now young lady wherefore this strangers in the castle at this period of night anne of geierstein though she had been long absent from her native country was not ignorant of its habits and customs and knew the haughty manner in which all who were noble exerted their authority over their dependents are you a vassal of arnheim ital and do you speak to the lady of arnheim in her own castle with an elevated voice a saucy look and bonneted withal know your place and when you have demanded pardon for your insolence and told your errand in such terms as befit your condition and mine i may listen to what you have to say schreckenwald's hand in spite of him stole to his bonnet and uncovered his haughty brow noble lady he said in a somewhat milder tone excuse me if my haste be unmannerly but the alarm is instant the soldiery of the rhinegrave have mutinied plucked down the banners of their master and set up an independent ensign which they call the pennon of st nicholas under which they declare that they will maintain peace with god and war with all the world this castle cannot escape them when they consider that the first course to maintain themselves must be to take possession of some place of strength you must up then and ride with the very peep of dawn For the present they are busy with the wineskins of the peasants, but when they wake in the morning they will unquestionably march hither, and you may chance to fall into the hands of those who will think of the terrors of the castle of Arnheim as the figments of a fairy tale, and laugh at its mistress's pretensions to honor and respect is it impossible to make resistance the castle is strong said the young lady and i am unwilling to leave the house of my fathers without attempting somewhat in our defence five hundred men said schreckenwald might garrison arnheim battlement and tower with a less number it were madness to attempt to keep such an extent of walls and how to get twenty soldiers together i am sure i know not so having now the truth of the story let me beseech you to dismiss this guest too young i think to be the inmate of a lady's bower and i will point to him the nighest way out of the castle for this is a strait in which we must all be contented with looking to our own safety and whither is it that you propose to go said the baroness continuing to maintain in respect to ital schreckenwald the complete and calm assertion of absolute superiority to which the seneschal gave way with such marks of impatience as a fiery steed exhibits under the management of a complete cavalier to strasburg i propose to go that is if it so please you with such slight escort as i can get hastily together by daybreak i trust we may escape being observed by the mutineers or if we fall in with a party of stragglers i apprehend but little difficulty in forcing my way and wherefore do you prefer strasburg as a place of asylum because i trust we shall there meet your excellency's father the noble count albert of geierstein it is well said the young lady you also i think Signor philipson spoke of directing your course to strasburg if it consistent with your convenience you may avail yourself of the protection of my escort as far as that city where you expect to meet your father it will readily be believed that arthur cheerfully bowed assent to a proposal which was to prolong their remaining in society together and might possibly as his romantic imagination suggested afford him an opportunity on a road beset with dangers to render some service of importance ital schreckenwald attempted to remonstrate lady lady he said with some marks of impatience take breath and leisure schreckenwald said anne you will be more able to express yourself with distinctness and with respectful propriety the impatient vassal muttered an oath betwixt his teeth and answered with forced civility permit me to state that our case requires we should charge ourselves with the care of no one but you we shall be few enough for your defence and i cannot permit any stranger to travel with us if said arthur i conceived that i was to be a useless encumbrance on the retreat of this noble young lady world's sir squire would not induce me to accept her offer but i am neither child nor woman i am a full-grown man and ready to show such good service as manhood may in defence of your lady if we must not challenge your valour and ability young sir said schreckenwald who shall answer for your fidelity to question that elsewhere said arthur might be dangerous but anne interfered between them we must straight to rest and remain prompt for alarm perhaps even before the hour of dawn schreckenwald i trust to your care for due watch and ward you have men enough at least for that purpose and hear and mark it is my desire and command that this gentleman be accommodated with lodgings here for this night and that he travel with us to-morrow for this i will be responsible to my father and your part is only to obey my commands i have long had occasion to know both the young man's father and himself who are ancient guests of my uncle the landamman on the journey you will keep the youth beside you and use such courtesy to him as your rugged temper will permit ital schreckenwald intimated his acquiescence with a look of bitterness which it were vain to attempt to describe it expressed spite mortification humbled pride and reluctant submission he did submit however and ushered young philipson into a decent apartment with a bed which the fatigue and agitation of the preceding day rendered very acceptable notwithstanding the ardour with which arthur expected the rise of the next dawn his deep repose the fruit of fatigue held him until the reddening of the east when the voice of schreckenwald exclaimed up sir englishman if you mean to accomplish your boast of loyal service it is time we were in the saddle and we shall tarry for no sluggards arthur was on the floor of the apartment and dressed in almost an instant not forgetting to put on his shirt of mail and assume whatever weapons seemed most fit to render him an efficient part of the convoy he next hastened to seek out the stable to have his horse in readiness and descending for that purpose into the understory of the lower mass of buildings he was wandering in search of the way which led to the offices when the voice of annette velchin softly whispered this way signor philipson i would speak with you the swiss maiden at the same time beckoned him into a small room where he found her alone were you not surprised she said to see my lady queen it so over ital Schreckenwald, who keeps every other person in awe with his stern looks and cross words but the air of command seems so natural to her that instead of being a baroness she might have been an empress it must come of birth i think after all for i tried last night to take state upon me after the fashion of my mistress and would you think it the brute schreckenwald threatened to throw me out of the window but if i ever see martin sprenger again i'll know if there is strength in a swiss arm and virtue in a swiss quarterstaff but here i stand prating and my lady wishes to see you for a minute ere we take to horse your lady said arthur starting why did you lose an instant why not tell me before because i was only to keep you here till she came and here she is anne of geierstein entered fully attired for her journey annette always willing to do as she would wish to be done by was about to leave the apartment when her mistress who had apparently made up her mind concerning what she had to do or say commanded her positively to remain i am sure she said "Signor philipson will rightly understand the feelings of hospitality i will say of friendship which prevented my suffering him to be expelled from my castle last night and which have determined me this morning to admit of his company on the somewhat dangerous road to strasburg at the gate of that town we part i to join my father you to place yourself under the direction of yours from that moment "'Intercourse between us ends, and our remembrance of each other "'must be as the thoughts which we pay to friends deceased.' "'Tender recollections,' said Arthur passionately, "'more dear to our bosoms than all we have surviving upon earth. "'Not a word in that tone,' answered the maiden. "'With night delusion should end, and reason awaken with dawning.' one word more do not address me on the road you may by doing so expose me to vexatious and insulting suspicion and yourself to quarrels and peril farewell our party is ready to take horse she left the apartment where arthur remained for a moment deeply bewildered in grief and disappointment the patience nay even favor with which anne of geierstein had on the previous night listened to his passion had not prepared him for the terms of reserve and distance which she now adopted towards him he was ignorant that noble maids if feeling or passion has for a moment swayed them from the strict path of principle and duty endeavor to atone for it by instantly returning and severely adhering to the line from which they have made a momentary departure he looked mournfully on annette who as she had been in the room before anne's arrival took the privilege of remaining a minute after her departure but he read no comfort in the glances of the confidante who seemed as much disconcerted as himself i cannot imagine what hath happened to her said annette to me she is kind as ever but to every other person about her she plays countess and baroness with a witness and now she is begun to tyrannize over her own natural feelings and if this be greatness annette Velchen trusts always to remain the penniless swiss girl she is mistress of her own freedom and at liberty to speak with her bachelor when she pleases so as religion and maiden modesty suffer nothing in the conversation oh a single daisy twisted with content into one's hair is worth all the opals in india if they bind us to torment ourselves and other people or hinder us from speaking our mind when our heart is upon our tongue but never fear arthur for if she has the cruelty to think of forgetting you you may rely on one friend who while she has a tongue and anne has ears will make it impossible for her to do so so saying away tripped annette having first indicated to philipson the passage by which he would find the lower court of the castle there his steed stood ready among about twenty others twelve of these were accoutred with war-saddles and frontlets of proof being intended for the use of as many cavaliers or troopers retainers of the family of arnheim whom the seneschal's exertions had been able to collect on the spur of the occasion two palfreys somewhat distinguished by their trappings were designed for anne of geierstein and her favourite female attendant the other menials chiefly boys and women servants had inferior horses at a signal made the troopers took their lances and stood by their steeds till the females and menials were mounted and in order then they sprang into their saddles and began to move forward slowly and with great precaution schreckenwald led the van and kept arthur philipson close beside him anne and her attendant were in the centre of the little body followed by the unwarlike train of servants while two or three experienced cavaliers brought up the rear with strict orders to guard against surprise on their being put into motion the first thing which surprised arthur was that the horses hoofs no longer sent forth the sharp and ringing sound arising from the collision of iron and flint and as the morning light increased he could perceive that the fetlock and hoof of every steed his own included had been carefully wrapped around with a sufficient quantity of wool to prevent the usual noise which accompanied their motions it was a singular thing to behold the passage of the little body of cavalry down the rocky road which led from the castle unattended with the noise which we are disposed to consider as inseparable from the motions of horse the absence of which seemed to give a peculiar and almost an unearthly appearance to the cavalcade they passed in this manner the winding path which led from the castle of arnheim to the adjacent village which as was the ancient feudal custom lay so near the fortress that its inhabitants when summoned by their lord could instantly repair for its defence but it was at present occupied by very different inhabitants the mutinous soldiers of the Rhinegrave. when the party from arnheim approached the entrance of the village schreckenwald made a signal to halt which was instantly obeyed by his followers he then rode forward in person to reconnoitre accompanied by arthur philipson both moving with the utmost steadiness and precaution the deepest silence prevailed in the deserted streets here and there a soldier was seen seemingly designed for a sentinel but uniformly fast asleep the swinish mutineers said schreckenwald a fair night-watch they keep and a beautiful morning's rouse would i treat them with Were not the point to protect yonder peevish wench halt thou here stranger while i ride back and bring them on there is no danger schreckenwald left arthur as he spoke who alone in the street of a village filled with banditti though they were lulled into temporary insensibility had no reason to consider his case as very comfortable the chorus of a wassail-song which some reveller was trolling over in his sleep or in its turn the growling of some village cur seemed the signal for an hundred ruffians to start up around him but in the space of two or three minutes the noiseless cavalcade headed by ital schreckenwald again joined him and followed their leader observing the utmost precaution not to give an alarm all went well till they reached the farther end of the village where although the baron hotter, who kept guard was as drunk as his companions on duty a large shaggy dog which lay beside him was more vigilant as the little troop approached the animal sent forth a ferocious yell loud enough to have broken the rest of the seven sleepers and which effectually dispelled the slumbers of its master the soldier snatched up his carabine and fired he knew not well at what or for what reason the ball however struck arthur's horse under him and as the animal fell the sentinel rushed forward to kill or make prisoner the rider haste on haste on men of arnheim care for nothing but the young lady's safety exclaimed the leader of the band stay i command you aid the stranger on your lives said anne in a voice which usually gentle and meek she now made heard by those around her like the note of a silver clarion i will not stir till he is rescued schreckenwald had already spurred his horse for flight but perceiving anne's reluctance to follow him he dashed back and seizing a horse which bridled and saddled stood picketed near him he threw the reins to arthur philipson and pushing his own horse at the same time betwixt the englishman and the soldier he forced the latter to quit the hold he had on his person in an instant philipson was again mounted when seizing a battle-axe which hung at the saddle-bow of his new steed he struck down the staggering sentinel who was endeavoring again to seize upon him the whole troop then rode off at a gallop for the alarm began to grow general in the village some soldiers were seen coming out of their quarters and others were beginning to get upon horseback before schreckenwald and his party had ridden a mile they heard more than once the sound of bugles and when they arrived upon the summit of an eminence commanding a view of the village their leader who during the retreat had placed himself in the rear of his company now halted to reconnoitre the enemy they had left behind them there was bustle and confusion in the street but there did not appear to be any pursuit so that schreckenwald followed his route down the river with speed and activity indeed but with so much steadiness at the same time as not to distress the slowest horse of his party when they had ridden two hours and more the confidence of their leader was so much augmented that he ventured to command a halt at the edge of a pleasant grove which served to conceal their number whilst both riders and horses took some refreshment for which purpose forage and provisions had been borne along with them ital schreckenwald having held some communication with the baroness continued to offer their travelling companion a sort of surly civility he invited him to partake of his own mess which was indeed little different from that which was served out to the other troopers but was seasoned with a glass of wine from a more choice flask to your health brother he said if you tell this day's story truly you will allow that i was a true comrade to you two hours since in riding through the village of arnheim i will never deny it fair sir said philipson and i return you thanks for your timely assistance alike whether it sprang from your mistress's order or your own good will ho ho my friend said schreckenwald laughing you are a philosopher and can try conclusions while your horse lies rolling above you and a baron hotter aims his sword at your throat well since your wit hath discovered so much i care not if you know that i should not have had much scruple to sacrifice twenty such smooth-faced gentlemen as yourself rather than the young baroness of arnheim had incurred the slightest danger the propriety of the sentiment said philipson is so undoubtedly correct that i subscribe to it even though it is something discourteously expressed towards myself in making this reply the young man provoked at the insolence of schreckenwald's manner raised his voice a little the circumstance did not escape observation for on the instant annette velchen stood before them with her mistress's commands on them both to speak in whispers or rather to be altogether silent say to your mistress that i am mute said philipson our mistress the baroness says continued annette with an emphasis on the title to which she began to ascribe some talismanic influence the baroness i tell you says that silence much concerns our safety for it were most hazardous to draw upon this little fugitive party the notice of any passengers who may pass along the road during the necessary halt and so sirs it is the baroness's request that you will continue the exercise of your teeth as fast as you can and forbear that of your tongues till you are in a safer condition my lady is wise answered ital schreckenwald and her maiden is witty i drink mrs annette in a cup of rudersheimer to the continuance of her sagacity and of your amiable liveliness of disposition will it please you fair mistress to pledge me in this generous liquor out thou german wine-flask out thou eternal swill flagon heard you ever of a modest maiden who drank wine before she had dined remain without the generous inspiration then said the german and nourish thy satirical vein on sour cider or acid whey a short space having been allowed to refresh themselves the little party again mounted their horses and travelled with such speed that long before noon they arrived at the strongly fortified town of Kale, opposite to strasburg on the eastern bank of the rhine it is for local antiquaries to discover whether the travellers crossed from Kale to strasburg by the celebrated bridge of boats which at present maintains the communication across the river or whether they were wafted over by some other mode of transportation it is enough that they passed in safety and had landed on the other side where whether she dreaded that he might forget the charge she had given him that here they were to separate or whether she thought that something more might be said in the moment of parting the young baroness before remounting her horse once more approached arthur philipson who too truly guessed the tenor of what she had to say gentle stranger she said i must now bid you farewell but first let me ask if you know whereabouts you are to seek your father in an inn called the flying stag said arthur dejectedly but where that is situated in this large town i know not do you know the place ital Schreckenwald? i young lady not i i know nothing of strasburg and its inns i believe most of our party are as ignorant as i am you and they speak german i suppose said the baroness dryly and can make inquiry more easily than a foreigner go sir and forget not that humanity to the stranger is a religious duty with that shrug of the shoulders which testifies a displeased messenger etal went to make some inquiry and in his absence brief as it was anne took an opportunity to say apart farewell farewell accept this token of friendship and wear it for my sake may you be happy her slender fingers dropped into his hand a very small parcel he turned to thank her but she was already at some distance and schreckenwald who had taken his place by his side said in his harsh voice come sir squire i have found out your place of rendezvous and i have but little time to play the gentleman usher he then rode on and philipson mounted on his military charger followed him in silence to the point where a large street joined or rather crossed that which led from the quay on which they had landed yonder swings the flying stag said Ital, pointing to an immense sign which mounted on a huge wooden frame crossed almost the whole breadth of the street your intelligence can i think hardly abandon you with such a guide-post in your eye so saying he turned his horse without further farewell and rode back to join his mistress and her attendants philipson's eyes rested on the same group for a moment when he was recalled to a sense of his situation by the thoughts of his father and spurring his jaded horse down the cross street he reached the hostelry of the flying stag chapter five